Thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Marilyn, who is going to talk to us about how to make long-term travel more affordable. Hey, Marilyn. (laughs) Hello, Debbie. Thank you for having me. I am so happy that you can join us for this. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about how you and Matt were able to create and afford long-term travel? Absolutely. We first started traveling, well, long-term traveling in October of 2014. And we actually started with teaching English abroad. We taught English in Thailand, South Korea, and a little bit of Vietnam. And now we actually teach English online. Although a lot of people kind of seem to think that when you travel abroad for months and years or whatever, there's no way you're saving any money. There's no way that you're able to afford this. How are you doing this? Do you even work? I mean, there's just so many questions and concerns, I guess, that people have about the way that we live. And, you know, I think it's really important for me to clarify that we aren't totally broke and we also aren't completely rich. (laughs) (laughs) So now when you are traveling long term, how are you able to afford accommodations? Yes, accommodation is a very important thing because you need to live somewhere. So for our main way of accommodation is Airbnb. We, you know, we look for places that will accept us for longer than a few weeks. Sometimes we'll stay in places for a couple of days, maybe even one night. But then when we long term travel, we like to look at places for a month or two months or even longer, depending. So Airbnb is definitely an awesome option for that. We also look at couch surfing. This is definitely a huge, great thing for saving money because couch surfing is a service where you just go on and you look where people are kind of donating their couches to you for you to sleep on. And you just go and you sleep there for free. There's no t- you know, strings attached or anything. You just go for free and you make a new friend and it's a great way to see certain cities and stuff. And you know, we've done that a few times and it's been great. That, I guess that's more for short term, but there have been people who do it long term. So it's definitely a possibility. And you know, we also find our apartments when we stay in places for months and months. We find those, honestly, on Facebook, and we find them through jobs that are offered to us. We find them through services when we go to certain countries. Like, for example, we live in the Czech Republic right now, and we found our apartment through a visa slash apartment searching company. They they helped us, you know, get our visas, which was key, and also find our apartment. And it was it's relatively cheap and it's in our price range and it's in a location that we love and we would have never found it without them. So yeah, there's lots of services like that around the world. I love that how you guys are really thinking outside of the box when it comes to different types of accommodations. Now, what about the destinations that you and Matt choose to live in? How are you able to afford each of the different destinations that you go to? We tend to look for places that we know that we can afford. For example, we know we can't really afford Paris right now in France because I know it's an insane expenditure. It really is. So we look at cheaper destinations. We do a lot of research and we found things like Thailand and Vietnam and even the Czech Republic where all these places that we've lived that are magical, but they're all really cheap, especially in comparison to places like Paris and even New York, which we, you know, is very expensive since we're from there. 
we know to, you know, look, make sure that it's relatively easy to get visas because some countries can be a pain in the butt with that. And we also make sure that the rent is cheap. You know, we look at other testimonials of other people that have lived there. We look at those. We look at how much it is to go food shopping and all sorts of things. We make sure to take into account all the things that we like to do and how expensive they are in specific places. So we really tend to aim for cheaper destinations for living. And then maybe we'll look at places around there. Maybe there's expensive places. So for example, in the Czech Republic, it's so cheap to live there. So we like to live there. But then we can take weekends or week-long trips to other places around there. So we went to Barcelona. We have plans to go to Paris, France. We want to go to England and all these places that are more expensive to live, but they're cheaper to just travel to short term. And yeah, I mean, you just have to kind of look for those cheaper destinations and live there. You'll save a lot more money that way. That's also a really great idea that you look for places that are close to certain areas that are more expensive, but it's easy for you to get there. So that's a really wonderful tip that you just gave us, Marilyn. Well, thank you. Yes, it's definitely really convenient because when you fly or even take trains or buses, it is so much cheaper than if you know, you're know you flying from New York to Europe, for example. It, it just makes a world of a difference. And if you, you know, for example, if you fly to Southeast Asia or something, you know, from New York, it's expensive to fly there. It really, really is. But if you plan to stay there for a good amount of time, it really, really is worth it. Because in, uh, for example, in, in Vietnam, we were working on our computers and we were making $2,500 a month on average. And we were saving maybe $1,500 each month just because we lived in Vietnam. And it's so much cheaper to live there. Our rent was maybe $600 and we split that. Each month it was $600. Yeah, it was crazy. And we would just go out to eat and spend, I don't know, $6 all together on like these amazing meals. So it really adds up overall. If you're going to stay there for a long time, I mean, you have to look for the places that are really cheap, like Vietnam. And then you can go to Japan, which is right nearby, and it's maybe $90 one way. And, you know, you go to Japan, it's so much more expensive, but it's really, really worth it because you're right there anyway, and you can just fly back to wherever you really live and save up some money. And it really, you know, it all evens out and it's fantastic. And you're not living in Japan, so it's not like you're going to be spending so much money in a long period of time. You're only there for a week or a weekend. So that's a great idea. Exactly. Now, talking about flights and transportation, how do you find the cheapest flights, the cheapest buses, all of those things that lets you go around the country or go in other countries? For flights, we use Skyscanner and Google Flights. And those are the best deals that we've been able to find. And you just type in your destination and where you're coming from. And you can even look at, for a Skyscanner specifically, you can compare dates and months and find which has the cheapest exact days and weeks which, which are cheaper, what are the off seasons for flying in uh, specific places. And Skyscanner is the best. I love Skyscanner. Google Flights is definitely good too, but I feel like Skyscanner just gives you so many opportunities for months and months in advance to figure out what is the cheapest day. And here it is right here. And they make it very obvious to you when they're really cheap. It's great. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you with Skyscanner. I go there religiously every <laughs> every day because I use the option that they have to travel to anywhere. And then I just literally just try to find the cheapest flight to anywhere. And that's how I actually choose the next place that I go to. So <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> so I'm like from New York because right now I'm based in New York. So I'm like from New York, where is the cheapest place to anywhere? And because my job is also really flexible and I can leave at any time, I just put it there anywhere, any months or dates. And if you're really flexible with that type of stuff, you can definitely get really cheap flights. So if you guys are flexible and you're willing to, you know, be crazy like me or Marilyn, <laughs> just look because you never know when they have those deals or sometimes they're mistake flights also that that are out there that nobody knows about. So with all of these things that you're doing, how are you able to budget every month um, so that you can still have savings? And of course, you have other bills as well besides just living expenses. For what we do, budgeting is super, super important. But we are also very lazy people. We don't write it all out or anything. We just kind of eyeball it. We, you know, we work and we make sure that we make at least $2,000 per month. I mean, we make our own schedule at VIP Kid. So we're able to sometimes take off and go on little adventures. And sometimes we get a little carried away with that. So we have to make sure that we make a certain amount each month. So it's either $2,000 or more each month. And from that, we know we have to pay our phone bills. We have to pay our rent. We have to pay for eating. That's pretty important. And certain little expenses too. So we try to make sure that we have enough for our main purchases, the very important things, rent, food, and all that good stuff. And then we try to make sure that we have at least $1,000 left over. I mean, that's a lot. But where we live, especially like in the Czech Republic, it's totally doable. So we just take that $1,000, we save a good amount, we put a good amount into our savings accounts. And then what we have left over, we try to, you know, have a good time and go on little adventures and go to the bars and whatever and try and have as much fun as possible. Yeah, because if you're going to be out in a different country and you're not having fun, I mean, you may as well stay home, right? Exactly. <laughs> so another question I have is that you work for for a company online and then you're traveling around to different countries. How are you able to do your taxes and your visas and all of that stuff? I mean, how does that work? Very good question. There's so much information on that, but I'll try and keep it you know, relatively simple. <laughs> so for the company that we work for, it's VIP Kid, and we teach English to students that are based in China. And in order to do this job, you have to be from Canada or the United States. You have to obviously be a native English speaker, and you have to have a bachelor's degree and just a little bit of teaching experience of some kind. So it can be a little restrictive, but for those in Canada and America, it's an amazing job. And, you know, sometimes the visa thing can get a pain, get to be a pain in the butt because VIP kid doesn't give any, any visa stuff, but it's kind of sad. And they also don't take out taxes. So you kind of have to figure that out on your own. So for right now in the Czech Republic, because we live there, we will, we have to pay taxes. We pay, ta we pay taxes every month for health and social insurance, which is great. We have health insurance. <laughs> Woohoo! So we pay those monthly, and at the end of the year, 
we also pay taxes for other nonsense. And I think that even though we live in the Czech Republic, we also have to pay a little bit of taxes in the U.S. So this is kind of kind of new to us and we'll have to see where it takes us. But we know that we have to pay taxes both in the Czech Republic and in the U.S. And we're going to get an accountant that will help us with both countries. So it can be a little bit of a little bit annoying, but it's totally worth it in the end for us, I think. I mean, it has to be like that for every country, right? You need to pay taxes in the country that you're living in um, and then in the United States as well. So that's every country that you go to. You have to pay both of the taxes. Yes. It also depends on how long you plan on staying in countries. So, for example, in the Czech Republic, we're staying for one year. We have these legitimate visas. So, of course, we have to pay taxes. However, for example, in Southeast Asia, we stayed in Vietnam for seven months. But they only administer visas, tourist visas, for three months. But you can just hop over to the Cambodian border when your three months is up and get a new visa coming back in. Same day, couple hours, and you're done. And then that way you can do that forever and no one will say anything, which is pretty wild. And a lot of expats do that. And we did it for, actually, I think we did it twice. So because we were there for seven months and you can definitely do it and no one questions you and you don't have to pay taxes in Vietnam. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then how long do you have to stay in that other country until you can go back? We only stayed in Cambodia, not even for a night. We were there for a few hours. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. But everyone, um, I'm sure it's different with each country. So make sure you check on that. Absolutely. Good point. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for all of this incredible information on long term travel and affordability. We really appreciate all of that. You're very welcome. I hope that I helped out any listeners out there that had big questions. You helped me. So (laughs) hooray! (laughs) that's one person. So if we want to know more about you and what you and Matt are doing, where can we find you? You can find us at our website, our blog, which is www.wordswithwinos.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And we're also on Stitcher and on iTunes with our podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Yay. Thank you very much, Debbie. I had a great time. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.